0: Get ready. It's time for the Idaho Podcast with your host, Danny Ventura. Hello and welcome to the Idaho Podcast, the show where we feature the people who live, work, and play in the state of Idaho. Thanks for joining us today. We're so happy you've come along. Uh, We have a special guest today, Garrett Cross, who... um, is a neighbor of mine and also just has a fascinating story that I think is worth sharing. And uh, Garrett, thanks for joining us today.
1: Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for asking me to be here. Absolutely.
0: Garrett is currently a sales manager for a California-based software company that serves all the trades. And um,
1: he's been here now for... Well, coming up on a year, we moved uh, last, last March, actually March 1st. All right. So, yeah.
0: and, what, and what brought you and your family to Idaho?
1: Uh, that's a loaded question. Uh, that's, a, that's a big one. Um, you know, I think that first and foremost, it's really just about uh, finding a lifestyle that uh, me and my wife, Kimberly, really were looking for. Um, we have two young children, a son who's 11 and a daughter who's eight. And I think that uh, if I were kind of to boil it all down, we wanted to find that that special place where we could raise our kids um, kind of the same way that we grew up. And uh, I think that's harder and harder to find these days. But, uh, you know, we're blessed to have found it here in Eagle, Idaho.
0: What are some of those things that you found here in Eagle, Idaho?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I think first and foremost, it's, it's people like yourself and Kathy. I think it's people like, you know, your son, Kevin and Natalie and just all the wonderful people that we're surrounded with here in, in Riverstone uh, and beyond. You know, I think that the people of Idaho are, are very welcoming to, to a degree, right? I think that there's a lot of people here that are looking for kind of the same things. Now, it's a general answer if I had to get a little more detail there. Um, the schools, right? Schools are a really big part of that for us. Um, I think that there's a, a, a tremendous degree of, uh, I think, you know, where people are morally, ethically, the thoughts that are really important to them. So um, there's, it's a principle-based decision in a lot of ways. Uh, it's a beautiful state. And I think that, you know, you speak to that a lot on the podcast, but it's a gorgeous state with a ton of recreational opportunities. A lot of which I, I take advantage of and was really excited to get into on, uh, when we decided to come out here. And, uh, and, and I think I have so far, but looking forward to our second summer and, and really getting into that, but taking advantage of the winter while we still have it and some of the good snow that we've gotten recently.
0: I agree with everything you've said. You are a pretty average hunter and fisher fishermen and
1: uh, obviously the place offers tons of that
0: so Mm -hmm. how have you enjoyed some of those outdoor recreations
1: yeah avid is in uh, I really try to get out there and do it Uh, still working on the skill every day but uh, I mean you you just can't get any better Mm -hmm. Um, some of the best fly fishing that you can find around you know here in Idaho we have such great uh, great water around here the Oahu River so close we have the Salmon River obviously the Snake River I mean, you can go just about anywhere in Idaho and find some really good fly fish and water. Um, obviously, we have the Boise River right here in our neighborhood, right? You and I could walk to it right now. Uh, pretty challenging river, uh, to say the least, but still fun to get out there and, and test the metal. I mean, hunting is, is great. Uh, I I was fortunate enough to harvest a, a cow elk just about 45 minutes from my door. So uh, that was really neat. And it's it's always fun to feed the family, you know, with, with something you can go and, and get yourself.
0: Right. That's that is pretty cool. I remember when you when you caught that, uh, got that elk, and you were talking about that. So that's that's really cool. Well,
1: the the neat thing about it is that you know when I did get that animal down, uh, it was one quick phone call to some buddies here in the neighborhood, and all of a sudden had an army with me. Uh, you know, shout out to Brian Swift and Josh Horner and Mark Sullivan. But those guys were on a dime out there to help me pack that animal out, and I certainly repaid them.
0: <laughs> and and that tends to be the spirit of Idaho: the people that just want to help you and and befriend you and just do anything it takes to, to, to lend a hand. I, I love that spirit here.
1: Yeah. And I, and you know, again, when you ask that question, why did you come here? You, you don't really know you're going to get into that, right? You're certainly hoping that that's the the environment that you're going to find yourself in. And I just can't, I couldn't be happier to, to have found that, you know, and, and that's the spirit, right? It's like people are here, I believe, because they, they want to be in a community like that. Right. It's it's a community rather than just a place to live in, in a community. People are looking out for each other. They're looking out for each other's kids. It's just like a idea of, you know, I know my kids are safe playing in this neighborhood because of the other um, parents, grandparents, just people that are looking out for them. But that goes so far. It goes beyond just, you know, the kids. It goes it's just. Like the example I just used, right? I need some help out there. Maybe I didn't need it, but it certainly was welcomed. And uh, it was a blessing to see those headlamps coming up that, uh, that draw that night. But yeah, I mean, it's a community where people truly are looking to help each other and get to know each other. Um, it's Yeah, it's just been a blessing.
0: And speaking of kids, how have they adapted so far to, to being here?
1: I think kids adapt the best. Um, you know, I think it's a little more volatile in their emotions, right? They certainly certainly show them um, and, and don't always know how to express them, but kids are, are very resilient. And I think that, you know, if you put them in a good position or you put them in a, uh, in a good place and you surround them with good people and, and good activities, they're going to thrive. And, and that's certainly what we've seen here. They, they're in a wonderful school. Um, they have wonderful friends here in the neighborhood and beyond. And yeah, they've, they've done really well. That's so great to hear. So you have such a
0: unique story because you were actually Garrett was actually drafted into the NFL to play for the Green Bay Packers the same year that uh, Aaron Rodgers was drafted. And I, I actually believe he was your roommate. I, I, I don't, I don't want to correct me if I'm wrong. But anyways, yeah. I'll let you share about that. And um, tell me a little bit about how that happened. And had you ever had you always dreamed of playing in the NFL or just kind of share a little bit about that part of your, your life?
1: Um, yeah, interesting question. Have I always dreamed about it? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think any, any kid at some point, you know, they're, they're putting their heart and soul into something. I think that they dream that they could make a career out of it, or at least as, as parents, that's what we hope for our kids. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, when I was a kid, I'd watch the 49ers and I'd watch guys like Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and and hope that one day I was, I was making plays like Jerry Rice. Um, but it's an interesting question. Have I always dreamed about it? Because I think that the the further along I got and the more people saw me as a football player, I think the less I kind of, or the more I kind of pulled away from that. And really wanted to define my uh, my own image and who I was, right? Um, but that goes that's a whole other conversation in and of itself. Uh, getting a little philo- philosophical there, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I was uh, I played against Aaron Rodgers in high school. He and I then went to uh, community college together in, in our hometown of Chico, California, um, called Butte College. And you'll hear him reference that sometimes when he's doing his intros on Monday Night Football. Uh, but we played together at Butte College. And then we were both um, awarded scholarships to University of California, Berkeley, where we played for a couple of years. And, yeah, you know, everyone knows the Aaron Rodgers story, first round draft pick. Um, and I, I kind of went along for the ride for a little bit there, too. Uh, that same year, that was 2005.
0: Okay. And what position did you play?
1: I was a tight end.
0: All right. All right. So you got to take some passes from Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, I did.
1: Also got a, got a pass from Brett Favre too, which is also a neat story. But yeah, uh, yeah it's great memories. Very, Absolutely.
0: Very cool. And then uh, something impacted you. I mean, nine eleven happened. Mm-hmm. And um, you've shared with me in the past that, that that's just made a huge impact in your life. And you decided to, to make a, a big change that I actually was so impressed by, but uh, share a little bit about that,
1: yeah, so um you know i I just said uh, mentioned going to Butte College to play football that was two thousand and one. I graduated high school, so you know August rolls around, and we're starting our football season, we're starting practices, and you know obviously September eleventh rolls around, and anyone that was um, alive and and kind of can recall that that day will never forget it, um and I certainly won't but like most people, like a lot of people, and especially folks my age that, that that was a tremendous um kind of i mean that was a that was a incredible day right and it, it really affected and and kind of changed a lot of people and so for me, what it did was it planted a, a real deep seed of this um desire to do my part right we were attacked, and I think that as an eighteen year old male um it was very natural for me to 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 want to return the favor, so to say. And uh, again, like a lot of other guys that were were my age at the time. And so that that deep seed really was planted. And uh, I, you know, I was good at football. So I kept playing football. And I I got some really great opportunities, like I mentioned. But there just came a point um, when I was with the Green Bay Packers that I just felt like I had to answer this calling. Um, you know, I, I, I constantly watched the news and, and kept an eye on what was going on overseas. And I just couldn't shake this feeling that I had an obligation to go join those guys and, and you know, men and women, both my age or around my age that were were fighting. And um, so, you know, there came a day when I just simply couldn't ignore it. And I, I had to pull away from, you know, a potential career in the NFL to go do that.
0: So what did that look like? I think you said you went back to Cal
1: to, yeah. to get your degree because you wanted to uh, enter
0: the military as an officer. Mm-hmm. Um, what, did, what did that look like? How long did it take? And then, you know, what, how, how did you, did you enter, enter the military as an officer?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, spoiler, I did. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that, hey, look, if I'm going to go join the service, I'm very close to having a degree. What, what better way to do that as an officer? I certainly wanted to uh, lead Men um, in in combat was kind of like my you know that was my north star that 's what I wanted to do. I felt like if I was going to go do this i'm going to go all in on it and uh, so yeah i i I left Green Bay um, in in August and I uh, was back in school. I had about two semesters to finish up um, and during the during that time back in Berkeley, which I you know thoroughly enjoyed right I was no longer a student athlete yet um, but I was a student-athlete before, right, and so are very, very busy. But I had a, a, the opportunity to really invest in my academics um, and have a little fun on the side too, which was, was just a neat experience to see that different side of, of college life and, and, you know, Berkeley, UC Berkeley, that area was really fun then at the time. Um, but, I, you know, I, one of those nights in, in the local, you know, watering hole there in Berkeley, I ran into the captain of the rugby team and uh, he asked me to play rugby. And so something I'd never thought of, um, didn't even really know a single rule of the game. Uh, but it, yeah, I, th- I thought it might've been, might've been a good idea. And in, in that bar that night, I told him I'd come out, to, to the first, you know, practice. And I, when that rolled around, I didn't want to I didn't really want to do it, you know, but, uh, I stuck to my word and, and I showed up and it was actually one of the greatest experiences of my life. I really, really enjoyed playing rugby. Um, earned a spot on the start, you know, starting starting roster, and then we won a national championship that year. So it was a really neat experience, and um, what a neat game! I mean, if, if if people don't know about the game of rugby, now's now's your time to maybe look it up because it's a it's a phenomenal game. That's
0: that's terrific. Yeah. So you had an opportunity. You had never really played rugby, and yet you you earn a starting position on that team, and you also win a national championship that year. Yeah. I would I would say that's uh, that was meant to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, it certainly was. Um, and, and, you know, I didn't do it all on my own. I had a lot of help, which is um, always nice to acknowledge, right? I, there was an eligibility issue with my time in, in the, the NCAA. Well, college rugby at the time is, was governed by USA Rugby. So it was a different governing agency, which had some different uh, eligibility rules. But nonetheless, the coaches there at Cal had to uh, petition for an additional year for me to play rugby. And had they not done that, had they not cared enough, then I wouldn't have had the opportunity to play rugby, right? Had the had the captain not had that conversation with me to play, I wouldn't have had the opportunity. And I just feel like it's it's really important to acknowledge where you get help along the way, right? Because you know, s- folks can sit here and say, "Hey, what a wonderful story!" and you've accomplished so much, but you can't com- accomplish it alone. And I just I try to take every opportunity to to show that humility and really just pass pass that on to the people that helped me along the way.
0: And it comes through. And honestly, that's what.
1: Uh, I think that's a very attractive thing about you as a person. And I think that's, I think that's terrific. Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: So going back to, so you, you finished at Cal, got your degree, went ahead and entered the
1: United States Marine Corps mm-hmm. as
0: a, as an officer, as a Lieutenant. Mm-hmm. And, um,
1: what was that like? And,
0: and, and you served, uh, how many, how many combat services? Did you do? Yeah, I did eight years active duty. Okay.
1: Um, I did two deployments. One of those was a combat tour to Afghanistan. Mm-hmm.
0: And how did that impact your life? Because, you know, you hear stories of, of actual combat uh, and, and I can't imagine because I've never I've never served. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I have such tremendous respect and gratitude to, to people like yourself who who serve our country and, and defend our freedoms and uh, share a little bit about that, if you wouldn't mind.
1: Well um, yeah, I mean obviously a life-changing experience, right? I think that uh, a lot of a lot of young men and women into the service to kind of find themselves to to put themselves through that that crucible of life where you know um, they they expect and hope to come out on the other side better than they were uh, before. and I think in a lot of cases and hopefully most cases that's true. Um, unfortunately, there there are cases where it's not. Um, when you go to combat, it, it fundamentally changes you, uh, whether you like it or not. And, you know, whether you're ready for it or not. And I think that, I think that, uh, you know, my blessing is that I prepared as best I could. I think that the training and the preparation that the Marine Corps and other services, you know, provide, uh, for, for their service members is, is about as good as it can get. And so for the things that I, I experienced over there, I, I was ready for them, um, But again, you know, when you go through those things, you kind of come on, come out the other end different than, than who you were on the front, front end of it. Um, I like to think that I would that in some ways I'm better. And then in some ways I'm not right. It takes a physical toll on you. Certainly. Um, you know, you know, some of, some of those things, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, again, when you go through such a crucible like that, if you, if you're ready for it and you keep your head about you, you're going to come out on the other side. Um, with the experiences that you can apply to make yourself better in different ways.
0: And kind of a tough question, so I don't want to put you on the spot, but any, did you ever look back? Did you have any regrets as far as giving up on an NFL career? And, um,
1: you know? um, yeah, that, it, that's a hard one to, to wrap my head around, right? Because certainly I, I, I think to myself Hey, what if, what if I would have stuck around? You can play that game a lot. Anyone can play that game too. I'm not, I'm not like some, you know, unique case. Anyone can play that game. But you could also go, you could do it both ways, right? What, what if, well, look at what wouldn't have happened. And I think if I had any regret, I mean, I, the way that, it, to put all that time, energy, and effort into a, a place like Afghanistan and to see what happened with Afghanistan, I think is the hardest part knowing that I served there, right? When you make such a heavy commitment, someone call it a sacrifice. I don't call it that, but when you make such a heavy commitment to something um, and the circumstances don't turn out the way that you had hoped to when you were there and you, and you, you you know, you were, you were committed to something, but, but, but other, you know, other people don't really uphold their end of that, that bargain and that commitment. That's probably the biggest. I wouldn't call it regret, but that's the most frustrating aspect about uh, my my service and what I decided to do. You know, if you're if you're talking about do I regret leaving the Packers in the NFL, I don't regret that because of where I am today. Sometimes I look back and say, hey, it could have been a whole lot of fun to play in the NFL and and catch touchdown passes from Aaron, you know, at different different levels, but at the highest level as well. Um, But I don't regret it again because I'm 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 who I am today. I'm where I am today because of those decisions.
0: And I would say an impressive young man for sure. So I, I appreciate that. So Thanks, again, man. and again, thank you
1: for your service because
0: that's, uh, that's just tremendous that you were willing to, I know you didn't call it a sacrifice, but I, I would call it a sacrifice. And I, I for one appreciate that very much. So
1: Well, thank you. And then
0: how, uh, we'll shift gears a little bit. How, mm-hmm. how did you meet Kim, your, your wife and, Tell
1: us a little bit about that. <laughs> uh, she said I couldn't give too many details about her, you know, because okay. she's a private person. Okay. Uh, but, you know, no, it's, it's uh, I'm, I'm kidding. We we met actually through a friend who I trained with in the Marine Corps. Um, you know, it's like the mutual friends, right? Her brother, Kimberly's brother, played uh, football at Harvard. One of my good, good friends, Corey Mazza, he played football at Harvard with her brother. I served with Corey. We both got stationed out at Camp Pendleton in California and Corey said, Hey, you know, you got to meet this, this young lady I know. Um, and one night we were all out. Our buddy was heading off to Afghanistan the next week and we all went out to, to kind of see him off in, in downtown San Diego. And that's when I was introduced to Kimberly and, you know, you could say the rest is history, but, uh, yeah, see it's so had, had these things that happened. Right. I, w- I wouldn't know my wife. I I, I wouldn't have the, the the children I have, and so
0: yeah, what a blessing. And and you two seem so um, so complimentary and equally yoked, and so that's impressive as well. So yeah,
1: well, it's impressive that she can put up with me. You know, <laughs> Just give her all the credit because she's she's easy. It's me that uh, you know she's got to put up with. So
0: <laughs> I feel that way about my wife as well. She puts up with me for, for
1: sure. Yeah, that's yeah. usually the case, right?
0: <laughs> you know, you one of the things that impressed me. And a few conversations I've had with you over, over the last few months is you've shared that Idaho's really a lifestyle and you said it so much encompasses that. So mm-hmm. you use the term lifestyle and uh, can you, would you mind elaborating a little bit on that?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think we, we, you know, talked a little bit about that already. It, um, it just so many things that, that I enjoy doing with my free time. You're right. That I want to, um, I want to share with my family are, are so close to in proximity. Um, last Friday, we took the kids up to Tamarack and, and skied and had a wonderful time, right? So here in the winter, we, we really welcome the snow because we love skiing, Kimberly snowboards, um, the kids ski. We just love getting out there and enjoying what is so close to us. Right. I think one of the, one of the, the, the coolest things that I experienced here in Idaho was pointing North and heading up towards McCall And very quickly, you are in some incredible country that you almost don't know exists unless you just drive a little bit, right? Or, of course, you were born and raised here, right? Um, But there is just so much um, around us that you can tap into. And I think that so many people are coming here for that, right? We talked about community. We talked about the people, the, the, the just the welcoming nature, what people are kind of moving out here to find. Um, and, and all that is is true, but they're also coming out here for the recreational aspect of it too. I mean, it's no secret that there's ca- just Californians, Washington- Washingtonians, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, Oregonians, right? A lot of West Coasters that are coming out here. And those are beautiful states with a ton of recreational opportunity as well. But it's here too. And I think that uh, fortunately or unfortunately to some people, depending on who you're talking to, uh, the, the secret is out now. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I think that we have just really embraced, uh, w- everything about Idaho and, and, and really we're just kind of all in.
0: Mm-hmm. You used uh, a few words specifically to me about, uh, sharing about that experience of Idaho and you used, uh, family, spirituality. Mm-hmm. You also use patriotism. Um, and, and of course the majestic beauty of the things to do recreationally, but those four things, uh, you want to touch on any of
1: those? Yeah. I mean, all of those are really important to Mm -hmm. us, right? It's, it's, it's fundamental principles of who we are and who we want to be, Mm who, who we want to raise our kids, um, to be. And I, and I said earlier that I think that a lot of it fundamentally is we wanted to find a place where we could raise our kids, how we grew up and there's a safety aspect to it. And I'll just share that, you know, where we were living in Oregon, um, cause Kimberly and I, w- you know, we met in San Diego, we lived down near Camp Pendleton. We lived in San Clemente and we lived in Oceanside, California for a while. And we moved from Oceanside up to Tigard, Oregon, which is just a suburb of Portland. And, you know, um, it was a very beautiful place, but the world is, is, a, is also a crazy place. And, and it certainly, um, has gotten a little, a little wilder as of late and whether it's crime or, um, you know, just I don't want to call it political issues because I just think that it goes beyond that. It's really social issues. There's just a lot of them. There's a lot of issues um, in general. And, you know, just little things started popping in, up and happening around our kids schools and in our neighborhoods. And I think it just got to a point where we realized that Oregon was not the place for us. And so Kimberly and I went on um, and it, it wasn't overnight. This was over years that we just tried to find that place. Um, and, and all the things you mentioned there, right, uh, schools, um, the community, you know, what are those so- socio political and economic issues that are, are of, of mind and important to the people in that area, um, and, and safety, you know, all these things were really, really important to us. And so we went on a, a pretty extensive search to find where that was going to be that we wanted to make our final move. And we looked at a lot of different places and, and through um, a lot of prayer we ultimately landed on here in Eagle, Idaho. And I've, and again, and I've said this, but what has been the biggest blessing is the confirmation that, you know, our, our faith through prayer and, and, and just, just following what we felt God was pointing us to do has led us here. Um, And, and again, when, when you do that, right, when you kind of listen And uh, God will validate that. And that has, again, the biggest blessing has been to look around and go, wow, it it was everything we hoped it was and probably a little more.
0: I would say from my perspective, he has validated that for you and your family, for sure. Yeah. And and even validated myself and my family Mm -hmm. in the same process through people like you. And that's that's very evident. Yeah. You also mentioned that the how conscientious you are about the. Gratitude you have for the people of Idaho, and um, you mentioned reasons why, but I'd I like to hear that from your own words.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's again no secret that uh, there's a lot of folks moving here. The secret is out, and I just think that um, it can be a contentious topic, right? When when you see the place that you've you were born and raised change, you can it, it's it's easy to just really have resentment towards that. Um, and for all the reasons that I mentioned us, why we moved here and why we have felt that this has just been the, the the best thing to happen to us. That's why I have gratitude to these people, right? Um, I also want to say that the place I grew up in, I was born and raised is also very different than when I was a child. So this is happening everywhere. It's not unique to Idaho I think that if anything, you know, the, the the real silver lining, and and this is a this is a, a real positive thing for the people of Idaho, uh, is that the people moving here are moving here for a fundamental, principled reasons, a lot of which I've shared, and the majority of us, right, expats, <laughs> of whatever state you want to call it, um, we're doing so with the idea and the full intention to keep Idaho the way Idaho has always been. Um, and I think that, you know, most people that I've talked to through um, my church or, uh, you know, the kids sports programs, just folks that I've met that have moved here are probably some of the, the, you know, the firmest defenders or will be the firmest defenders of what people think Idaho is. And, and will always want it to be all of the issues we've talked about. Um, we are here and we're blessed to, to, to have that now in Idaho. And we want to keep it that way, right? You hear Idahoans say, hey, don't come to Idaho and make Idaho California. Well, we don't want to. The majority of us, right? Certainly there's outliers everywhere, but we don't want to do that. We want to keep Idaho, I, the Idaho that was what brought us here, right? So I just think that it's, re- it's really, it's not lost on me. The, the irony of, of two California natives coming here, ha- talking about Idaho and everything that's nice about Idaho um, but, it, but it's just, it's like, I have to point out that this isn't a unique situation to Idaho. And if anything, we we'd like to make this state, um, better people might take offense to that word better. Right. Cause it's connotated with, uh, progress and you know, you can go down that rabbit hole, but, um, at the end of the day, we want to keep Idaho, what Idaho has always been from a, pin- a principles, uh, standpoint, right. Ethics, morals, all those things. Right.
0: I couldn't have said it better. And I appreciate the fact that you have such a conscientiousness about gratitude for the people of Idaho. And I share that same gratitude and I share that gratitude uh, for you as well. Again, for your service, for, for your friendship and also for your time today. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. Like I said, it was an honor for me to join you here today. Always good, good times in the Ventura household. So yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Dan. Absolutely.
0: Well, and thank you for joining us today with Garrett Cross. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And this is Danny Ventura saying, we'll see you next time. Take care.